Are you ready to hear from the Lord? Praise God. We thank God for the, the songs that were sung this uh, morning. This is my desire to honor you. Is that our desire this afternoon? Is that our desire this afternoon? Amen. The title of my message this afternoon is from Psalm 139 verse 23. Psalm 139 verse 23. The title is Search Me, O God. And it goes on and know my heart. So I've titled it, Search Me, O God. I want to ask you this, a question this afternoon, my brothers and my sisters. Do you really want God to search you this afternoon? I got only about six yes. Once again. Amen. You wonder why did this, why did Brother Claudie bring a chair to the stage this afternoon. Nobody has done this and why? If you want God to search you this afternoon, I want you to look at this chair and picture yourself sitting here at this time. And the Lord is coming to you this afternoon. I want you to picture yourself that you are in that chair this afternoon. And you have said, Lord, search me today. Search me today. Once again, are you really ready for the Lord to search you? May it be so in Jesus' name. If God was to search you this afternoon and you were on the seat sitting in the presence of the congregation and you're watching and if God comes to you what's the first thing that he will he will look at have you ever thought of it the first thing that God will want to deal with with all of us he will say my child I need to deal with something which is very dangerous and I need to deal with your tongue have you seen a tie? It's a twofold. We praise God with his tongue. And then we curse our brothers. It's split into so many pieces because we have no control over our tongue. We have no control at all over the small thing that is in our mouth. So today, we, the Lord says, the first thing that I'm going to deal with you this afternoon I'm going to deal with your tongue. Let us turn to the book of James. Brother Matthew, quickly. James chapter 3. We will read from verses 1 to 12. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Yes, Brother Matthew. My brethren, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the great, greater condemnation for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, 
and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, but they may obey us, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasted great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and set it on fire, the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. David, bless we God, even the Father, and David, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a mountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Praise the Lord. When you looked at me walking here, you said, I would like to ask, ask you a question. How do I look? Sudhir, how do I look? Great. Now, please don't condemn me now, okay? Don't condemn me. I just asked you how I look. That's all I asked you. Outwardly, we all look so good. So dressed up. Having the form of a believer in ourselves that we walk around. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, and all that. And when the time comes that God starts to visit us, when God starts to visit us, He starts to prune us. Only if we allow Him. Only if we allow Him. Now, pruning doesn't say is not easy. Sometimes He needs this. How many of you like plants? I love plants. I grow a lot of plants in my house. And I'm always with the scissors, pruning dead leaves. And God uses a pruning knife. And if the heart is hard, He uses a chisel and a hammer. So it depends upon you, what are you going to allow God to prune you today? What are you going to allow God? As growing up as a child, I used to hear a saying, stick and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you ever heard that? Yes. But I want to tell you today that's not true. Stick and stones can break your bones, and in time it can heal. But words, if not dealt with, will not heal. I have seen people who have been living in defeated lives, in depression, because of the words spoken to them by somebody while they were growing up. And they are living in defeated lives. I know people who think they are worthless, 
They think that they are no good. They will never amount to anything because somewhere down the line as they were growing, either mom or dad, brother or sister or relative had put a curse on them saying that you are no good. You are good for nothing. You will never matter to anything. It was said to me while I was growing up that you are only fit to sweep the roads. And the moment I came to know the Lord, I said, Lord, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, for I am made in the image of you, Lord God. And I will do exploits for you. And I will do great things for you. My brothers and sisters, today I want you, if you go back and look at the words that have been pronounced on you, I want you to take that authority, bind it and cast it out of your life in Jesus' name. I want to show you as an example what the power of words in our life if not dealt with severely. I want to show you. Turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6 and look at verse 26. Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. Are you there? At that time Joshua pronounced the solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is a man who undertakes to rebuild the city Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. Now look at it. Joshua said this, and time passes by. 550 years pass by. Five generations have gone. Sometimes we even do not know what someone said to us yesterday. I don't remember what anyone tells me even two minutes ago. I don't take notice of it. Five generations have passed and suddenly the words that Joshua pronounced go to 1 Kings. Go to 1 Kings chapter 16 and we see after five generations, after 550 years, the effect of the word that was pronounced by Joshua and it's in verse 34. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34. In Ahab's time, Ehel of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. He laid its foundation at the cost of his firstborn son, Abiram, and he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Shigab. And in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nun, 550 years, my brothers and sisters. That's the power of words, if not dealt with carefully. Number two, one more example I'll give you. Look at the book of Exodus chapter 3 and turn to verse 7. Exodus chapter 3 and look at verse 7. Here we find God promised Jacob, Jacob, wherever you go, I will bring you back into this land which is flowing with milk and honey. I will bring you back, he says. Read 7 and 8 brother. I will bring you back and then he says, who has promised the... Uh, this God. Okay, just read that, brother. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Yes, brother. Thank you. Who promised this? God promised this. And what was his promise? I will bring you back. Am I right? 
God says, I am going to do this for you. Because I have promised that I will bring you back into the land. I will give you back the anointing that you have desired, that you could use it for my glory. God says that when He says He will do it, and let us look at the result of that. Let us go to Exodus chapter 14 verse 11. It says, at Exodus chapter 14 verse 11, the people were ready to cross into that promised land. They were ready to take what God had promised them. All they had to do was step forward. Exodus chapter, yes my brother, 14 verse 11. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Thank you. Moses, are there no graves there? And they grieved God. How many of us grieve God with our tongue? We grieve Him. Not knowing the meaning of the words we speak. And when we grieve God, there is a consequences to it. There is a consequences. And we know the story. Everyone above the age of 20 did not go there except for Caleb and Joshua. That's what we get when we grieve God and when we lose our tongue and when there's no control over our tongue. One day, a woman in the Indian village always slandered her neighbor very badly. She spoke very bad of her neighbor, spoke very bad about the children, and she slandered the family very badly. Not even thinking for one second what she was doing. And one day she had a change of heart. And she changed and she said, what I've been doing is wrong. I should not have been doing this. And now I know the truth that everything that I've spoken about this family is wrong. And she says, what should I do? And she decided, let me go and see the village wise man. I will go and see the elder of the village and ask him, what should I do? And she went to this village headman and she says, my headman of the village, I have spoken wrong about a sister, about a character, about her children, and everything that I've spoken is wrong. And I don't know what to do. I want to take it back. And the headman of the village looked at her and he says, My daughter, I want you to go back home. And when you get back to your house, I want you to kill all the chickens you have in your house. She said, That's all? He says, Yes. And she was about to go. He says, One more thing. When you kill those chickens, I want you to take out all those feathers from those chickens. That's all? He says, Not yet. When you take those feathers out of the chicken, Put them in a bag. That's all? Not yet. He says, after putting it in a bag, I want you to come and see me. She said, easy. Kill the chickens, put the feathers in the bag, come and see you. He says, still not yet done. As you're walking back to me, I want you to spread those feathers on the way from your house to me. She said, easy. She went home, took all the chickens, even the one which didn't belong to her, she took that also, cut it up. She said, he wants chickens. I want to please him. And she cut all the chickens, pulled out those feathers, put them in a bag. And as she was coming, she was happy because she thought it was a simple deed. And she was sprinkling those feathers on the way. And she came to the village headman and she says, I have done it. So that means I've got my penance. He says, no. Now I want you to walk back to the village. And as you're going back, pick up all those feathers that you scattered. 
She says, gracious me. Don't you understand what you're telling me? He says, what? All those fellows have now gone to the entire village. It would have gone through lanes and by lanes. It would have even reached the next village because there is a strong wind. And how do you expect me to do that? He says, so was with your careless words. So was with your careless words. Every careless word that you spoke about your neighbor, about your friend, has now passed villages. And you can't bring them back. My brothers and sisters, I want to warn you today. I want to ask you this question today. Do the words that you have spoken brought life, brought hope, and brought love into somebody's life? Or the words that you have spoken knowingly or unknowingly, have they brought death, division, and destruction? I want you to ponder this. As you sit on this chair, and as the Lord is examining you today, I want you to put yourself and say, Lord, have I brought destruction upon someone's life? Have I brought death to somebody's life? Have I said things that was not right? Search me today. Today search me, Lord. I do not want to go out of this room. I do not want to go out of this room. Search me. And God says, I will search you. I will search you. But first thing, when I search for you, I got to remove things from you one by one. Amen? We got to remove our things and lay them at the altar. That's the place. Today are you willing to take your tongue and give it back to God and say, I will give it back to you, Lord. I'm going to lay my tongue at the altar that I'm going to make a commitment. When I leave this place, I will never use it to slander anybody. I will only bring praises to your name, Lord. My tongue, today, I give it back to you. Are you ready to do that, my brothers and sisters? The book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Can you see that? Everyone sitting in this room, death and life is in the power of your tongue. My brothers and sisters, how many of us, the moment we go out of church, we find fault with everything. Today, pastor never spoke properly. You know, he made a mistake just now. You know that choir member, he sang. He is lifting his hands, throwing his hands. What do you think he is doing? Look at him, how he prays. Is that the way he prays? He does not know how to pray. If I pray, I pray better than him. We do that. Today we have to lay it at the altar. James says that we should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. My brothers, before you can engage your mind, engage your mouth. Another way, do you know the tongue, the place where the tongue is, it's very slippery. Do you know that? Have you felt your tongue any time? It's very slippery. So you could slip easily. That's the reason. Don't you understand that? Our tongue is in a place where it will twist and turn any way it wants. And we don't mind what we do. My brothers and sisters, Matthew, 20, Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 to 37 says, Matthew chapter 12, 36 to 37 says, that every idle 
That means every careless word that men shall speak. What they shall do? Give an account on the day of judgment. Every idle word that you have spoken, you are going to give an account on the judgment day for the words that thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Thank you, brother. Now let us see God's word. What does God's word say about the tongue? Brother Claudine, why must I watch what I say? I'm just kidding. I don't mean any harm to Brother Abraham or Pastor Augustine. I'm just kidding. They are my brothers in the Lord. I don't have to say that. Number one, our words can direct us and direct other people's lives. Our words can direct us and others in their life. Look at your conversation. I want you, as you sit on this chair, remember the conversation that is coming out of your mouth every time from morning, noon and night. What is your conversation right around? Are you directing people towards Christ or you are directing them away from Christ? I want you to look at your conversation. Remember that you are sitting down here. And the Lord is now walking around you. Many people think, hey, listen, if that's what you say, I'd rather be quiet. Why should I talk? I'd rather be silent. I don't need to talk. I'm going to be quiet. I think that's the best thing to do. I am going to keep numb. I'll tell you another story. One day a man decided to go and join the priesthood. He said he'd go to this monastery, monastery. And when he went there, he met the head priest and he says, Listen, priest, I want to join your monastery. He says, okay, well done. You have a three-year probation period, but if you want to join me. He says, three years, fine, I can do that. Okay, but there is a, uh, a rule. For the three years, you shall not talk. And the man said, three years, no talking. He says, yes, three years, no talking. But every year, I give you a chance to speak two words. Every year... Two words. He says, fine, okay. He had that zeal to serve. So he says, the first year went by and he was thinking, oh my, what is this? And the pri- he came to the priest at the end of the first year and the priest said, yes, my son, what is it? He looked at the priest and he says, bed hard. So to bed hard. Okay, well done, well done. You have spoken your two words. Continue. He went and he, and he continued the second word not able to say anything and he continued his work and he came back the second year and he says, My son, speak your two words. He says, Food cold. The second year was food cold. First year, bed hard. And the third year, this man started walking and working and all that. He says, This is difficult. I have my sister, I even can't talk to her. I have my brother, I can't, I can't take it. It's too much. It's too much. And he came on the third year and he stood under the priest and the priest said, Yes, my son, are you ready? What is the two words you have? He said, I can't take it. I quit. And the priest said, I'm not surprised at that. He says, what? You're not surprised. He says, I'm not surprised. All that you did for three years is you complained. First year you said bed hard, second year you said food cold, third year you said quit. I'm not surprised, go. Are we, in a, we are like that? Are we like that man that every given situation do we complain? 
I want you to look at the story and think. This man had only two words. And the two words he complained. How many words do we have? Wow! If I am to pull this tongue, I can keep pulling it out. Complain after complain. Men, when you go home, that poor woman cooks your food and you complain the food has too much salt. You complain that it's burnt. You complain that it's bad. Everything. And that poor woman cooks all day long for you. And all that you do is complaining, complaining, complaining. When are we going to stop doing that? When are we going to stop doing that? Number two. Our words can direct us and others. Our words can direct us and others. James 3, 5 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what great forest is set on fire by that small spark. My brothers and sisters, gossip is like fire. Gossip is like fire. It spreads very quickly and destroys very fast. You know, gossip can destroy careers. Gossip can destroy marriages. Gossip can destroy reputation. Not only yours, but the people that you gossip about. Their reputation is also destroyed. My, my brothers and sisters, James chapter 3 verse 6 says, it sets the whole course of his life on fire. Does it say heart? No. The whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Can you imagine that? That's so dangerous is about our tongue, mother and sisters. I want to give you another story. One day, a man came from work. He had a bad day at office and he came back so tired, he was grumpy, he was tired, he was cranky. And he's walking into his house after getting out of the car thinking that, oh, he's going to be greeted very well. And that poor woman, his wife, has been waiting the whole day for him. And the moment she, he comes, na 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 she goes on. Because she has nobody else to talk to. She waits for him. And he gets so angry with her. And he hells at his wife. The wife thinks, what is this man? I wait for eight hours for this man and all that he comes in and he yells at me. And she gets angry, she turns around and then she sees a son who walks and says, Mama, I want school fees for tomorrow. And she gets angry with him and she says, go to my side and she yells at him. And he says, what's wrong with this woman? I just come and ask her for fees and she yells at me. What's wrong with this family? He turns around, he walks in and he goes into his bedroom. He sees the babysitter cleaning his room and she says, look at this, it's all messed up. He says, shut up, don't talk to me, I'm angry now. He yells at the babysitter. The babysitter thinks, what's wrong with this guy? He just comes from school, his room is in a mess. The babysitter starts walking out. She sees the dog in the way, she kicks the dog. The dog does not know what to do. He jumps, it runs up by the door. It sees the cat sitting by the door. It bites the cat. The cat jumps up from the door, not knowing where it's falling. It sees the baby and the cat falls on the baby. The baby screams, does not know what to do. The baby sees the doll. The baby takes the doll, bites off his head. And then the father sees the doll without the head and he goes and buys a new doll and comes back. Have you seen see the chain reaction of all this? It would have been better if the father came from work, seen the doll and bit the doll's head. That would have been the best thing. He would have avoided all this chain reaction. 
my brothers and sisters, we have to be very, very careful because our words can mean a lot. It can hurt people. Proverbs 21, verse 23. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30 says, Let no corrupt, that means no useless word, communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. What? Edifying, that means building up. And it may minister grace unto the hearers. Amen? Your words should edify grace unto those people who hear you because you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When you do this, we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, in other words, when we do that, the Holy Spirit is grieved completely. God is not pleased with our words if it's not used properly, my brothers and sisters. God is not pleased. Psalm 19, verse 14 says, let the words of my mouth, what? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, what? In your sight, amen. I want you to make this commitment today. Lord, let these words of my mouth and what I meditate in my heart be acceptable in you, Lord. Amen. Will you do that, my brothers and sisters? My third point, our words can display who we are and what's in our heart. Look at a person's words and you'll tell what's in his heart. Every word that proceeds from him, you know what's in that man's heart. Our words display who we are and what's in our heart. It reveals the real character of a person. You want to know a man's character? Talk to him for five minutes. My brothers and sisters, James 3 verse 9 says, The tongue we praise our Lord Jesus, our Father, and with the same tongue we curse men who are made in God's likeness. From the same mouth comes praises and cursing. We come to church, another story, we come to church and we sing all these beautiful songs and we praise God and the moment we go, to, go out of church, the wife says, husband, honey, why not we go for lunch today? And the husband be, uh, would like mutton and he says, why not we go to Hyderabadi restaurant? Wife says, she likes this, why not we go there? And then there is a small argument as to where to go. And then the wife says, what about our visiting today? Pastor said, we have to visit families. He says, we'll visit A. She says, we will visit B. And then there's an argument. Plus, the man cannot take it. He says, can you shut up now? Let me make the decision. I am the head of the house. Didn't pastor say that? I am the head of the house. Shut up. And, and 20 minutes before that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 20 minutes later, shut up. The same mouth. The same mouth. Blessing. Blessing. My brothers and sisters. James. Verses 12 and 11 and 12 it says. He says. Can both salt water and. Sweet water flow from the spring. Same spring. I want you to make a commitment. Can salt water and sweet water flow from the same spring. Now, are you ready for the second? We finished the first one. God finished going around us. 
Are you ready for the second round? We are going to have a boxing match now. Are you ready? God wants to test you again. And the Lord comes and you are praying. Oh God, we sang that song. Search me. Try me. And God says, I am going to try you today. And God starts to walk around you. When the presence of the Lord comes, you know what happens? When the presence of the Lord is there in our midst, things start to burn away. What? The rubbish. And the first thing that God does is when His presence comes, He starts to remove. He starts to remove you. He starts to take away the outer garment that you have been deceiving people all along in this church. You have been walking around. My brothers and sisters, before we could laugh, I want you to look at yourself in this situation. What are you really inside before God? What is really inside before you? And God says, I need to prune you now. I need to prune you. I need to find what is there in you. And he says, I've taken, i found your tongue. I've dealt with it. I have put it there. Now I'm going to prune you more. I need to prune you completely so that at the end of my pruning, you will look like my son. Amen? Amen. I want you to look like my son and not look like yourself. Disgraceful that the enemy has no fear over you. And when he comes, you run instead of him running. And God says, listen, I want to look at you. And he says, there is a place in your life when you started off, you loved me so much. You loved me with all your heart. You loved me with everything that you have. And you say, Lord, what is that, Lord? He says, your first love. Where is your first love now? You had zeal for me. There was zeal in you that you wanted, to, you wanted to serve me. You loved me so much that nothing else mattered. And I need to see how far is your first love with me now. Is it still there? And you say, Lord, no, it's so far away. And God says, listen. He says, you began to serve me. But somewhere down the line, Things of the world took you away from serving me. Now you don't want to serve me. You are happy with your family. You cried for children. You cried for everything. I gave you everything. And now you got everything. That has become more important to you. And you have lost your love with me. And then he comes and he looks forward and he says, Now, what about your prayer life? You said you loved me. You prayed for two, three hours newly when you met me. Where is your prayer life now? You sleep on your bed and you pray five minutes and you run to your office. He says, where's your prayer life? It's far gone. And then he says, do you love me still? And you say, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, where is your Bible reading? Do you have hunger for my word? You want to know me? Read my word. When was the last time you read my word? Brother, get ready for that video. I, can I ask the ushers to off the light for a minute? We have the word of God and it's on the shelf. Or we read for five minutes 
and we say we are doing God a favor. But God says, listen, you want to know me, read my word. I want to show you a small video clip of the Kimyal uh, tribe, which is in Indonesia. They were receiving the Bible in their language for the first time. They were receiving the Bible. I want you to see the joy that these people had. This video was sent to me by one of our brothers. And when I see this video, I wept before God. And I said, Lord, I am sorry. I do not have the same hunger for your word the way I had it when I met you. I take your word as if I'm reading something and I'm going, Lord, please, Lord. And God says, I need to deal with that. Do you still hunger for my word? I want to ask you, you are sitting in this chair today. Are you hungry for that word of God? Are you hungry, my brothers and sisters? As the video is getting ready, I want us to look at it. What about the gifts and the talents that I gave you? I anointed you to build up this church. I anointed you and sent you into this church to serve in this church. But what have you done all along? For the first few months you were shining and jumping and dancing and all that. But later on, you became cold. He says, your first love is not there anymore. I have to deal with it. And you say, Lord, I put my first love on the altar back again. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me back. Restore unto me. I want you to restore back to me what I have lost. I thought I loved you. And everything that I did, I felt I loved you. Watch this video, brothers and sisters, and be blessed. Raise the volume, brother. It says in, in the Gospel of John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And Jesus is that word. And Jesus is coming. And we need to be there to meet him. This blew me out of the water. I thought, Lord, this is how we know that it's you doing something here. Spontaneously, I don't think she, they had planned for her to say anything, but she just said, we have taken God's word, we've accepted it, we've put it into our hearts, and now we're going to give it to you young people who need to also take it and accept it and walk with God as he teaches in this Bible. You know, so they handed it off to the younger uh, believers and, uh, you know, the, the crying and the sobbing that took place there was just, it was something totally unexpected to me because I knew they would be happy. But the emotion that came out was just so overwhelming to me. I thought, we have no idea. You know, we have had the Word of God for so long. We have taken it for granted. We've, we, we have resources. We have translations. We have, you know, all these different things. And we don't, we don't cherish it. We don't realize what a precious gift we have and hold in our hands. And these guys were realizing that and saying, God, you've come to us through the Word.
Yerusi wenena nane miyung tiblam mina boga nane kumbo nedi masyarakat miyung mabon ni sinap ni sinimiyung se nyingula mopti nane nyingula miyung nedi hinde kiki plawa biyo pertanyaan lama apar sengena nane ngilam nung nane kane kiki pesarok pesinggin kayo the Kimyals always had a love for the word they had prepared this ark sort of thing for the Bibles to be put in. They know the word. They can quote the word. They're very good at memorizing. I mean, we've had one lady that has memorized whole books and she'll sit there and as she talks with you, she will, uh, well, it's just like it says in Ephesians and she'll quote three or four or five verses at a time. And so they love the Word of God and, and um, you know, just to see them with it. Men <laughs> Ini buku Alkitab korupun ibu kuma kinjal ibu nanti saya majun dia kau eh ane nene rigin mal ini yang mabo mulatlam sununa nunti ibu zaid samona ana sambonun kuma yoko ibu sampan ini on buku kemelam nadi empat sunun kum ane nene korupun ibu anda ot wen isin kempat nadi berasa empat sunun abah nadi kange nyinyang ulam nyo tanggal enam belas Maret anegena kam yak de ayibu nelege kigip nindi sikugim yal sorok kigip yungi yewa nindi kigip dawdi salba yabdi kigip nindi nongoma kigip debab abo nindi kalani nyong lo lamsin pet nak penimna sunnen en yung mahne yung aba kiplamna amse dimendi ayibu nelege lak det niase dimendi ya nene na nene yak deblaw when was the last time when you read this word you wept before his presence? When was the last time you had joy to reach out to His Word? When was the last time when you woke up in the morning, you ran to His Word? When was the last time you took that Word and you sat with your family? When was the last time you had hunger for that Word and you said, Lord, I will hide this Word in my heart. And you will reveal yourself to me through that word, Lord God. And when you reveal that word yourself to me, I will become more like you. 
and then i will know i will be able to control everything and everything will come under the anointing of of you do we love his word the way you love your body do you love his word the way you love your body my brothers and sisters today look at the joy that these people had and they will stand one day condemning us because you had the word they will say they had the word and that word was on the shelf god says i want to deal with your eyes i want to deal with your eyes our eyes are gazing on things that is not supposed to be looked at he says that's what i want and you say lord i am free and he says i gave you those eyes what do you do with that i gave you those eyes what if that is gone from you he says then he looks at it and he says since of late <laughs> you began with faith but now that faith has gone into fear when you're looking at the turmoil that is taking right around you and you're walking in fear because you're thinking you might lose your job where is the faith that you had in me when you began to walk with me and now why are you replace that faith with fear that you're going to lose your job and that you're going to go back to your land he says i want that give that back to me give me that fear and i will put back that faith in your life that you will not walk in fear and me more and the lord keeps on walking right around us and then he looks and he says wow i see pride in that corner of your life you have too much pride in you that has to go because you think you're being used you think that you are great and there is so much pride and there is so much a quarrel because you think you know too much he says it has to go give it to the altar and then the lord starts walking and he says i look still in a corner of you i see unforgiveness unforgiveness you have not forgiven the one who has hurt you i have to prune that i have to take that away from you and you said lord but you do not know how that sister hurt me when she spoke about me he says that's not for you i took that on the cross you give that to me it's hard to say i forgive forgive that person god says give that back to me and then he looks and he says wow your ears i'm not worried about the person who speaks but i'm worried about you because your ears are so itchy you wait to listen can you give your ears to me and when that person comes and he complains tell him i don't want to hear it are we willing to do that next time i don't want to hear that if there's no truth in it i don't want if you're speaking about somebody who's not there don't talk and then the lord looks and he says wow lord of anger lord of anger against you i'm your first wives are so angry with their husbands because of many things that they have done in the past and you bring it up over and over again he says bring that to the altar and then he looks he looks very carefully he says oh my there your hands and your feet they are so fast to do wrong you have been stealing lord high stealing no yes anything that you have taken that did not belong to you in your office you have been stealing my child you have been stealing all along in your own way and you justify your stealing no that's not for you it is i who supply your need you don't have to take that pencil from the office you don't have to take the paper from the office i will supply your need god says and then he looks around and he says wow i can see something very strange despising authority 
Despising authority. Lord, in which way do I despise authority? Time and over again, I keep calling from the pulpit to come. Time when the trumpet calls to come and pray. You have all the time. You are despising authority. The authority says, come. It's time to pray on a Thursday. You are sleeping in the house. The authority says, come. On, on the last uh, Thursday of the night, we are having vigil night. You are sleeping. You are despising authority. Because you say, you have no right to tell me what to do. I have the right. It's my life. God says, I want that. God says, all these things that are more. I don't have time. There are more. And God says, give it back. And now God says, I see something very deep in it. What is that, Lord? I see secret sins that nobody knows. Secret sins. When you are on the bed, you start thinking so much of things. Get it out. Lord, but you do not know I am alone. He says, that's not for you. That's not for you. Are you ready, my brothers and sisters, to come to the Lord today? If you have lost your first love, you are going to say, God, I want to come back to you. I want to come back to you. Let us rise on our feet. Please come forward. I want you to bow your heads. If the Lord has touched you today, I just want you to raise your hands. Keep your heads bowed, please. If God has spoken to you about any area in your life, just lift your hands up. We don't have time. We don't have time. Can I have a mic quickly, brother? Let it be between you and your father. Let it be between you and your God. Yes, my brother. Raise your hands, my brothers and sisters. You are, you are telling God now, Lord, I am going to make a difference in my life. Help me, give me that power. He said in the book of John, he said, You are the vine, and we are the branches. And he said, Your father is the husbandman. And you said that every branch that does not bear fruit, your father will cut away. But those that bear fruit, your father will prune, so we can bring forth much fruit. Father, we have heard your word this afternoon. Tears have come to our eyes. Our hearts have been broken. And we have realized that our self-importance is a filthy rag before you. Father, we are sorry. As we cry unto you this afternoon, Lord, each and every one of us, we have asked you to search us. Lord, that which you have removed, we beg you, that you will not allow it to come back into our lives again. Amen. Mighty Father, that which we are still holding on to, that even our wives and our husbands do not know that we are holding on to it. Lord, we ask you this afternoon, that you touch our hearts. In the book of Ezekiel, you said, I will take away the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. 
Lord, we cry unto you. Ah, give us a heart of flesh again. Lord, let our first love be triggered in our hearts again. Ah, we have made mistakes, Lord. We have turned our backs on you, Lord. We have felt that because punishment has not come, that we are walking the right path. Because of your love, you have opened our eyes this afternoon. Lord, help us. That our light will shine. And men outside will seek you because of it. Heavenly Lord, we thank you for the vessel you have used also. We thank you because of his desire to serve you and to speak your word. Let the reward of obedience never depart from his life. Lift him further to an enviable height. In the name of Jesus. Glory be unto you, mighty King. Let everywhere the enemy is holding us back, let that hold, let that bondage, let that yoke be broken from today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your glory that is only from the throne of grace shine upon us. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn away every impurity, every sin, whatever might remain in our lives. And Father, let every minute of the day bring to us a realization that without you we can do nothing and that we are nothing. But empower us, Lord, to live a holy and a righteous life unto you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. I call upon our pastor to close. God has given us a graphic picture. I just want us to take this picture along with us and we continue to meditate on it. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.